so we are entering into a new year, 2019, and we are, uh, New Year's resolutions always involve catching up, whether that be with friends, with family, with your health, you're probably thinking of going to the gym right now, but for the most part, I think one thing that we are all trying to catch up with is media and content. Now, with the MCU in particular, uh, they are having an increase in output of content every single year. They started with one movie a year, then two movies a year, and now we're at three movies a year. And in terms of the TV shows, um, I mean, the Netflix shows are kind of a dying breed right now, but generally we would get several shows a year. Uh, not only is there so much MCU stuff, but we have so many movies, so many television shows, so many video games, so many podcasts, books, comics, etc., 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 to get through. So as we're entering the new year, we have to ask ourselves, how much MCU is too much MCU? So I want to ask everyone here in the room, uh, how do we personally digest content? This is episode 31 of AP Marvel, our first of 2019. Uh, I'm Chris Compendio, your usual host. I'm joined by Anthony Payone. Hey, yo. Uh, she shows not with us t- today. She is in uh, Jerusalem for vacation. Uh, so instead, we have Aaron Beasley, who is playing The Witcher 3 right now. Is that correct, Aaron? Yes, that's correct. Um, hello. Yeah, how was... Uh, I forgot the character's name already. Uh, Geralt? <laughs> Geralt. Geralt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm on the DLC right now, so I'm about to wrap <laughs> up, uh, I guess, Hearts of Stone. Which there I don't think I'll do during this podcast because I wanna I don't wanna like interrupt the story. I wanna be able to hear all the lines, but <laughs> Fair it's something enough, I'm doing. Yeah. I'll I'll just wait for the Henry Cavill Netflix adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh our guest today, uh we have Matt Storm, aka Stormageddon. What is up, Matt? Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh I'm a fan of the show and we connected way back in what was August, it? I think. Bro- yeah. Oh, August. Yes, yeah. right. Uh, oh, uh, FlameCon 2018 was over the summer last year, and uh, we connected at my Doctor Who panel, and it was a pleasure to meet you. And you were like, you've got to come on my podcast. I was <laughs> like, sure. I have many podcasts. I am happy to talk on another one. Yeah, and we really appreciate that. That was a that was a fun panel where I raised my hand, and because it was, a, it was well, the Doctor Who Queered, who I think was the name of the panel. And right. I was like, hey, uh, what do you think of Ianto Jones dying? And everyone in the room groaned. Yeah, uh, you you got fun. a pretty wide uh, room tone reaction from that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Oh man, but yeah. Anyway, uh, don't bury your gaze. Anywho, <laughs> it's twenty nineteen. Um, I am overwhelmed with so many things that I have by not only that I want to get to, but things that friends and family tell me to get through. So uh, let's kind of go one by one, uh, Anthony. Uh, would you say you have a massive backlog of content, and how would you say you get through it? Uh, I have a massive backlog of video game content, yeah. and I do not know how to fucking do it. <laughs> I am relatable. I, am, I literally just got Red Dead Two. Mm-hmm. I want to at some point play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but I'll probably never play that ever in my life. Um, I have Gris that I have on my Switch that I'll never be able to finish. I have to beat this year this season of Fortnite. I also have to. Have do- to you don't have to, Tony. I, uh, these are half dudes. Okay, uh, right. And then I have to uh, get all the characters in Smash that is, like, necessary. And then I need to do Let's Go Eevee because I was playing that for five seconds before Smash came out. And then, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, I have to do all the DLC for Spider-Man, the game, um, because that's also important and may involve the podcast at some point. So I need to finish that. 
Um, what else? Oh, I need to play Black Ops, uh, the, the, the game, because I have it. I bought it. I should play it. Um, yeah, um, everything is, everything sucks. Um, I like how your answer uh, to do you have a backlog is reciting your entire backlog. Yes. (laughs) Well, I have more than just that. I have books that are stacked up in my room that I need to read, and Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do first. Play the game or read? And both are equally beneficial to my well-being so okay so we can work with this so uh i guess my next my next two questions are how do you keep track of that and then how do you prioritize things if if at all i stare at it every day i wake (laughs) up and i say so you don't have a you don't have a written list you just have physical piles i have a pile (laughs) of like okay once i finish this book then i go to the next one in the pile and then i go through that and then that's the same thing i have with my games Mm mm-hmm not to mention you have a real-life job that you have to get through. So, oh, yes. How do you I even... also work seven and a half hours mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. Yep. And I have to wake up at six in the morning every single day. <sighs> life is yeah. agony. Li- life is a big part of your backlog. Um, life, yeah. Your life. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, please tell me you are more organized than Anthony. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. I don't have a backlog <laughs> in anything. Um, in fact, I'm ahead. I'm Lucky. six wow. chapters in to a textbook I have for a class I have next semester. Uh, wow, what 15 a nerd. To 10, Yeah, and then I'm <laughs> playing a, a video game, which, um, you know, I, I don't feel any obligation, you know, to, like, finish these DLC things I'm playing. Like, I enjoy them, but I don't need to do it. And then, uh, let's see, what else? I mean, I don't work. I'm a college student, <laughs> which counts enough for me. So sure, that's that's work. Yeah, that's work. yeah, that's that still counts work. I, so so Anthony's use of the the terms um, wants to and need to is interesting. So Aaron, do you feel like you are not you are not obligated to actually get through any of this stuff, or just kind of casually going? Yeah, through I'm these? just you know I'm it's winter break. I don't need to do any of this. Yeah, I'm just it's I'm doing it for fun. When I was a child, when I was a child, I thought that winter break was like four weeks long, and I thought that the gap between Christmas and New Year's felt like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated, (laughs) and I learned it's only a week, and it sucks because all the joy is gone. Yeah, I can. I'm. And I, I, I woke up at four a.m. today, and I hopped on a plane at seven o'clock. I landed in Pittsburgh at eight thirty. And I went to work at nine, mm-hmm. and I got out of work at three. That is my life. Ah, That's... we're filming this the day after Christmas. Ah, ah. <laughs> that. And I also my my backlog list didn't even include Daredevil season three, uh, Iron Fist season two, Luke Cage season two, Jessica Jones season two, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, all the shows that I basically haven't watched. I also have to watch uh, the last have two to. seasons. Have to. I have to. Have to. Oh, I actually. Yeah. I actually have to watch the last two seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I feel like S.H.I.E.L.'s more important. Oh, I love S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, great yeah. show. I will agree. S.H.I.E.L.D. is pretty spectacular. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've watched those Yay for me. fun in between my... Yeah. But, um, um, oh, wait. I wanted to say I am. Yeah. I, I have a new book backlog. I'm halfway through a book I got on Christmas. Uh, it's called Bad Blood. Uh, it's about oh, okay. Theranos, the like Silicon Valley um, startup that turned out to be like a total fraud. It's really interesting. Would recommend Damn. Uh-huh. That sounds pretty interesting, but uh, would you say you have a written list, or is that just kind of? In oh the back no, of the I head? just sort of do everything, you know, uh, as I think of it. I guess I've I've always done things like that. If I forget homework, like I feel like bad, but so far I've had 
really good luck. When I was in high school, I never got called out on it. And then now that I'm in college, you know, if I fuck up and forget something, you know, that's the sure. end. But yeah. I haven't done that yet, so. Well, just you wait. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, as someone who has uh, four podcasts, uh, how are you doing with your media <laughs> consumption? Paint us a picture. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, so actually, it's funny. One of my podcasts called Funny Games is a general gaming podcast. Me and my co-host take on gaming as art. And so I had an idea at the beginning of this year to actually track all the games I start, play, and possibly complete within a year's time. So it's old games, wow. new games. It's whatever I've played that year. And my list is currently at 31 games. I have played i've played all of the ones that are on the list um uh i've beaten maybe which means just finishing the main story maybe half of them and i've completed one so and by completed i mean unlock all the things (laughs) you know yeah you know play every branching story path blah 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 Um, and so that said though having done that i still have you know, as I said, I only have completed half of them. So I have a half of the games. I'd say maybe a third of that other half are ongoing games. So your Overwatch, your Heroes of the Storm, games that I can't really beat. Um, the rest are games that I've started and either abandoned because something else came out or I abandoned because I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and those are my games are a mix of Switch steam and ps4 the majority are switch and the pc because i just play on those more um but i still like any other steam user have an insane gaming library thanks to the sales and and juicy games i can get at a cheap price that i still haven't touched uh you know so my gaming backlog is still pretty huge um and i try and stay on top of it for the gaming podcasts that i do but i also have a gaming podcast called reignite I promise I'm not going to do all my plugs now. That's fine. Um, <laughs> this is important uh, which context. Is, which is uh, focused on Mass Effect, the Mass Effect series. And me and my co-host are playing through the series and discussing our choices and you know, so on and so forth. And with that, like I've played all of the Mass Effect games so many times. But now I'm playing them again because I have to get through X amount of content before each episode so we can discuss that section of the game. So that kind of pushes the rest of my backlog back because I have to devote at least yeah. two or three hours to that stuff. Um, and so on top of that, you know, then I do my own, uh, interview podcast and I do a movie podcast for the movie podcast though. It's fairly casual. So like, we don't have like this project of, we have to watch X amount of movies. We just talk about the most recent movie we've seen. So I don't feel a lot of pressure to see every movie that's in the theaters. Um, but because of all of these different things that I work on, uh, like Anthony was listing, all of those seasons he mentioned of the of the Marvel TV shows on Netflix, I haven't watched any of those as well. Mm. And mind you, I loved season one of Luke Cage. I loved season one of Jessica Jones. I loved the first two seasons of Daredevil. And I still haven't watched any of those shows. I haven't watched the first season of Punisher. I haven't. I've watched maybe half of. The I forgot first it. I of- forgot about Punisher. <laughs> I haven't even watched that either. Um, I, I've watched about half of the first season of Runaways with my spouse. Same, but, uh, actually. <laughs> then I got bored, and so um, she has continued to watch it, but I haven't. Um, I haven't touched Cloak and Dagger. And then there's just other shows on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime that I want to watch that aren't superhero related that I haven't gotten to. And then I'm also a big. I watch YouTube like it's any other streaming service. So like, I have content creators that I check in with regularly that put out content 
every week, some twice or three times a week. And so staying on top of that has even been a challenge. Um, thankfully, I don't read a lot of books, which probably sounds very dumb, but it's mostly <laughs> that I prefer audio. So I listen to a lot of books more than I read them just because I'm an auditory person. Same. Duh, for podcasts. Um, so like a lot of the books that I consume this year actually have been listened to and I prefer autobiographical stuff, usually mm. read by the author. So oh. I don't really have a feeling of a backlog there. Uh, because like Aaron, I don't feel a pressure to consume X amount of books, but I definitely do feel it with, with gaming and movies and TV, but talking about how we deal with it, I feel like creating the gamer log that I did for my gaming podcast has allowed me to get a better idea of how much I'm playing versus how much I'm buying. And I'm still ahead of the game. If I if I said I played 32 games this year, I think I've bought 40 or 45 games. So oh, wow. That's not, yeah. that's, a ratio. that's not a bad... Yeah, that's not a bad ratio. Now, that said, that's over years. So there were 10 games this year that I bought that I didn't play and 10 games last year that I... So, like, that piles up. But that said, I feel like I'm not overwhelmed by gaming as much because those games that I buy, I get them as a deal. And I know someday I'll have nothing to do or I'll be bored with all the games I have and I'll go back and play those games. So, like, I just don't feel like uh, I don't feel overburdened by my gaming backlog, but definitely the TV, movies and streaming service stuff. I do feel pressure. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's talking about it. Oh my God, have you seen the new Sabrina series? Oh my God, have you seen the new Daredevil? Oh my God, have you seen this, that, or the other thing? The new season of Steven Universe. Like so, And those are all things that are spoiler-filled discussions that I feel the pressure to try and catch up on. And I'm just drowning in. Yep. I cannot get through that's, all that content. That's a great point. Um, yeah, I always... To a certain extent, I feel pressure to watch popular media just so I don't get spoiled uh, in it before yeah. I get the chance to experience it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, that actually is a good like a good segue to what I was going to ask cause, or bring up because um, a lot of the big games that I ended up getting came out in September, October, and November. But all of this summer, I was playing Undertale and Night in the Woods. Like, those are my mm -hmm. two games that I focused on. Because I got Night in the Woods on the PC when it came out last year, but I got a shit PC and I wasn't able to run it. So I kind of just like bought it in Steam and it just sat there. And then same thing with Undertale. I bought it when it came out because I knew that everyone was talking about it. Fortunately, it was never spoiled for me what happens in that game. So mm -hmm. they just said that it was good and like very interesting. So I just kept it in my PC. And then when it came out for the Switch, I got both of them and then I beat both of them. Um... Listen, so, buy, yeah. buying buying things at a Steam summer sale and never playing them is like an annual tradition. So it, it's a, yeah. it, it, it's very similar to going to a bookstore and buying a shit ton of books and then never playing those books. I feel like that's the more modern version of it uh, with like us. Uh, yeah, where we'll just buy like, oh, this game's for sale, this game's for sale, this game's for sale. Yeah, and all you that gotta stuff. have it. Like, gotta oh, have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I have like so many on there that like like I think the games that I play through the most are actually just, like, old games that I played when I was a kid, like the Pajama Sam games, the Putt-Putt games, oh, wow. and the Spy Fox games. That's what you mean. Because I, I really wanted to play those in the moment, and they were really quick and easy. And that was... And I remember when I played them, I beat them, and that was it. But, like, the one game I really want to get for Steam is Return of the Oberdin because it mm. is such a very, like... uh, Like, it's a very spoilery game, and I don't want to, like, 
explore the internet and just happen to across a spoiler of it. So as um, someone um as someone who is a content creator and also has wants to digest content, you know, I, I kind of feel for you, Matt, because um you know not only do I have this podcast, so I kind of have a pressure to ca- to catch up with MCU stuff. But, uh, you know, I write for Dual Shockers. I have to play video games. I write for Flixis, so I have to watch movies. So, uh, since you mentioned the Oprah Din, uh, Tony, I actually have... I have had a review code of Return of the Oprah Din for, like, weeks, and I've just been sitting on it. And that, that's a thing I have to get to, because I have to write a review for that. Um, and it's it's... Trying to balance that all is just, like, maddening for me. So I tried to make a list, uh, specifically for... I have a separate... Movie, TV, and uh, game lists—all, all three of them separately. Uh, I am, I'm staring at my game list right now. It is on a um, Apple Notes uh, checklist, and I have not updated this since July nineteenth, twenty eighteen. And I have divided <laughs> everything by category, by um, excuse me, by platform. So I have PS4, PS3, Switch, Wii U, uh, so and so. PS3 on there? Yeah, I, I have Resistance 3, Eco Plus, Shadow of the Colossus, and Dead Space 2 because my friend sold his PS3 and gave me both of those games. <laughs> so I'm like, oh Jesus. man, I, sh- I, I since you gave them to me for free, I should probably actually play them. Yep. Um, and what I tried to do over the summer and obviously failed to do because I have not touched this list, obviously, is mm-hmm. I found some sort of random number generator thing on a browser and I copied and pasted my whole list. I hit a button and then it gave me a random game and then I'll be like, okay, that's the game I try to finish. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one that I did and completed was Telltale's Game of Thrones. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have not like, touched this list since, to be honest. Uh, but like very serious rip. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, oh I tried my. to play uh, Telltale's Game of Thrones and I didn't... I guess I got... Uh, like three minutes into the first part of it, and I was like, "No, nah, never mind." But I did. Read. It's not one of their fu- best. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that. funny that it's funny that you mentioned that though, because I feel like I I have more scrutiny for games and media now than I did before because my time is precious, and God forbid a game or movie or TV show wastes my time. Like it's why I'm probably harsher on season one of Iron Fist, even though it is pretty bad than most people because I got yeah. a half hour through it. I could barely watch the first episode. It's bad. And then I was so angry that it wasted a half hour of my time that I could have been consuming anything else that was probably better. Yep. And I find that with video games too. Like I'm a big JRPG guy. I've been playing them since I was a kid. For those not in the know, Japanese RPGs tend to be longer and more story driven and have turn-based battles and like a slower pace. And like there are some that I'll pick up and play and like after a half hour I'll go on board and put yep. it down. And then there are others that I have been way more into, like Octopath Traveler, which came out this year for the I've Switch. I've been dying to play that game, but I know it, that if I play that game, I can't play other games because correct. I will be battling fucking boars in the middle of the woods, but it's like, <laughs> I'll kill one boar in five seconds, go through the loading screen, all my characters will get their XP, and oh then my. I back out, walk five feet, get an, face another boar, and then do the same process 30 times, and I don't want to fucking do that when I could be, you know... Uh, killing you know bandits in red dead redemption it's like i don't want that so yeah what i what i will say about um octopath traveler 
uh, uh, compared to other JRPGs is that it doesn't feel like your time is being wasted, wasted but I totally get that. Like, I picked up Persona 5 recently. A friend of mine sent it to me as a present, and I played it for two or three hours, and I really liked it. But then I got Okami HD on sale on the Switch, and that's all I've been playing because I feel like I'm accomplishing something every time I turn on the game. Whereas with Persona, it dragged, and I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, playing games, watching movies, and watching TV shows, I have to feel like I'm getting something out of it in short amounts of time. So if I don't have the ton of time to dedicate it, it gives me a reason to go back. I yep. think what got me through also a lot of the Netflix shows is I was watching them with my partner. And when we're watching stuff together, we, we tend to sit and watch more stuff, especially since she really likes to binge watch stuff. And so like once we realized we had to divide and conquer because we couldn't really sit and watch everything together, I started to fall behind on everything while she has watched a lot of it. I think that's yeah. kind of the weird thing with the Netflix model when they release everything yeah. at once. So mm-hmm. um, there's kind of this, there was this pressure to binge it as fast as possible because you want to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Game of Thrones where it releases weekly and everyone's able to talk about last night's episode at the, the quote-unquote water cooler, as we call it. But, um, you know, it, and it's an interesting thing because Runaway Season 1 was weekly. So yeah. um, anyone who's, has, who has been listening to me for years, um, I did a little podcast with Raquel Katicha. We did the Runaways recap, where every week we did, like, a recap of what happened in the latest Runaways. Uh, we can't really do that with Season 2 because they released all of it at once in the Netflix model. Um, so I, I think... You know, there are pros and cons of that whole binge model, but I I gravitate more more towards the weekly just to have just to first of all, binging is like not a healthy uh habit. No. Um and it's especially when we're talking about the Netflix stuff. So it's it's interesting you mentioned Iron Fist season one because there is this pressure to watch all of the Netflix MCU shows because you want to know what's happening in the Defenders. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the, because, you know, Netflix doesn't release their viewing numbers, but reportedly, The Defenders was the least watched show. And I would have to guess it's because no one put in the time to watch five seasons of television to watch eight episodes of The Defenders. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think also eventually those shows were going to take a dive anyway because you can't put out perfect content forever i mean there have been bad mcu movies most of the bad ones are still watchable like they're not awful but like you know i thought thor 2 was okay but it's clearly not as good as so many other of the mcu movies um even thor 1 uh but i think also a big part of it too with the mcu specifically is I'm even starting to go get overwhelmed with just the movie universe. I mean, if you had told me when Iron Man came out that I was going to get three Marvel movies <laughs> a year, I would have been so excited to get to to see three new Marvel movies every year. Meanwhile, I am starting to even fall behind. Like I did, I still haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp. Not because I didn't want to, not because I wasn't interested, but because I literally just didn't have the time mm-hmm. between whatever else I was working on, whatever other movies were coming out at the time. I just couldn't make it work, and I still haven't seen it. I'll probably just buy it straight out on Blu-ray because I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But you know, I'm starting to feel it even with stuff that's spaced out over months and months that I can't keep up with it. Yeah. And imagine, uh, like, oh, oh it, imagine if you were just starting in the MCU now. Like, you're, you, oh you God, turned yeah. like yeah. 13 and you weren't even, or you weren't even born when the MCU started. And then you have to catch up with, like, 
uh, 20 movies or something in order to be up to date. <laughs> I feel like that's like with people who are really into Star Trek. Like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> I know, I know a lot of people who are super into Star Trek, but they watched all of it because they're all our age and they weren't around during Next Generation and the original and the original series, so they had right. to watch all of that. And that is, like, I don't know how many, I feel like six or seven seasons for the first one, and then eight or ten for the second, and it's like hundreds and hundreds of episodes. How can you watch all that? Let and me tell you about Doctor Who, content. Anthony. <laughs> well, oh and then God. there's also Doctor <laughs> Who. That's one of the also reasons why I stopped watching that, is because well, I knew it was going to get bad, and I didn't want to keep watching it. <laughs> and like, to be fair, I'm current with Doctor Who. The new Doctor is fantastic. Me as well. I'm, I'm, really I, hear, great. I hear she's amazing. But also... The the brilliant thing about this new season is all you need to know is the basic concept of Doctor Who. If you do, you could watch the current season without knowing anything. Yep, else. absolutely. They've, they've wow. designed it in a way that you don't need that. It's also shorter. <laughs> right. And that's what's really great is like, and yeah, talking about Star Trek, like, uh, from, I haven't seen Star Trek Discovery, but from what I've heard, if you have a basic working knowledge of Star Trek, but not have seen everything, you can still really enjoy Star Trek, the new one, Discovery, and I think that's where the MCU is going to start to have some issues. With Infinity War and now Endgame coming this year, if they don't wrap up Endgame with a neat little bow so they can kind of start from the beginning again, people are going to lose it. Because you need another starting point somewhere. Otherwise, people are going to riot because they just no one has the time to consume all that content. It's like when I have a child, when I have a kid... Am I going to just oh, be what? like, all right, kid, here is 30 movies. I'm going to make sure that we watch all of them. Yeah, yeah. My, my parents sat me down when I was a kid, and they gave me the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS. Yep. Am I going to have to give my hypothetical children a giant box set? <laughs> uh, okay, a giant homework, suitcase child. full of DVDs. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. So my sister is a big MCU fan, my little sister. And uh-huh. she has a uh, high school a high school friend who has never seen a single Marvel movie. So what my sister did, I think, literally two nights ago, was that she made a Google document. Of, okay, <laughs> like this this is a sentence for each movie of like what is important about these movies. These are the movies I recommend you skip. So it's like here, watch Iron Man one, skip the Incredible Hulk, watch Iron Man two, so and so and so, and then you know skip the Dark World. Here's the important things that happen in the Dark World, and she basically gave her friend like a prescription for the mcu like these are the specific things you have to watch and i actually did the same thing with um uh anthony i did it with with, uh with morgan because more uh morgan did not like the stephen moffat era of doctor who and so so they just avoided the capaldi era um and i i really liked that era so i i I made them a list of like hey these are the capaldi episodes you should watch before you get to jodie whittaker um so it's the fact that it has had to come down to that, <laughs> I think, is a little. It's it's kind of funny, but it's like, oh man, that's that's like a lot of work just and to it, like. And watch it baffles TV me shows. because I have all these movies, I have all these TV shows, I have all these games that I have discussed already for the past thirty minutes, and I will I will see a tweet from Chris that will say Fast Five is the best Fast and the Furious <laughs> movie, and I already watched all the Fast and the Furious movies, but I will go onto Amazon, I will download six. that movie, and I will... Uh, six. Six, oh, is yeah. the best six is the best one. So I will watch that movie again. 
I, I, I will but you don't have to, hours, Anthony. But I don't have to, but I want to. And I will watch Infinity War for the third time or the fourth time. And I will go and I'll watch Cloud Atlas for the 15th time. And I've watched these things already, but for some reason, I'm not optimizing my time, but I'm watching stuff I've already seen because I know what the result is going to be. I know how I'm going to react, and I know what the film and the content is going to give me. It's comfort food. Yeah. With some other... With a lot of other content, you're kind of given an unknown. With uh, heavily criticized content, you're kind of given a like, oh, this is uh, you get like you'll you'll get a lot of like if it's a good movie, you'll get a lot of good, and then you'll hear like the one or two bad things. But sometimes I'll harp on the bad things, and that will be a reason for me to hold that movie off. Like it's one of the reasons why I haven't seen Vice yet. Like some people are saying it's good, and other people are saying it's 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 like eh, and then um, with like certain things like Undertale and Night in the Woods and and Oberdin, it there's a level of mystery to it, and I love that mystery because people are saying it is good, but that's all they're saying, and I want to know more, and I want to see that, I want to get, get figure out what scratched their itch, and I want to have that. Uh, a and, year ago. Yeah. Um, my uncle handed me a USB flash drive, and he really wanted me to watch this one movie that was on it. It was, uh, what was it? Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Glengarry Ross or something like that. Glengarry Glen Ross. And he gave me, he gave it to me, and it was like, hey, I want you to watch this movie, and I want you to, uh, tell me what your thoughts on it. I gave that flash drive back to him yesterday in Christmas. It took me an entire year to watch that movie. Whereas, like, I watched The Winter Soldier, I think, like, five times in 2018. <laughs> so, I get what yep. you mean, Anthony. It's, like, it's, it's comforting. It's, yep. um, it's, like, kind of a nice, uh, almost like a baseline, I guess you can call it. Like, you just, mm. it kind of grounds you in a way. Um, but at the same time, like, it's, you're totally right. The The, the concept of optimizing your time is... I feel like that's just not really existent for us because we just kind of do things on the fly, you know? It's not like we it's not like we schedule time, you know, especially with our real jobs and whatnot and schoolwork mm-hmm. and whatever that might be. Uh we you you're not going to put in your schedule watch this new movie. At least I don't and think like, I, you would. I put in the time for myself too. So it's like because I know how important that is for me, and I know how important that is for a lot of us in our age range, where we need to have time for ourselves. So it's like, it's like, oh, you guys are just saturating yourselves, and you're gonna go out and, and like be all stressed and stuff. It's like, no, we put the time to ourselves, but we also are worried that we need to get to this other stuff that we know is important to us. Well, well I think a big so part much. of that. I think there's a big part to do with um, accessibility also. Think yes. about when we were all kids. It's like we had, like, I don't know about you, but maybe for me at least, I had a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo, and I had maybe five games for each. And like, I had one game for a whole year, some years, yep. depending on what my parents could afford to get me. And so, like, we had to sit and replay stuff because we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it built in this quality of re enjoying things that we've liked from our past. But I feel like we're at a point now where you have access to so much content at once that you cannot you cannot rewatch anything anymore mm-hmm. and when you do it's at a detriment like one of my favorite games of all time is a game called Chrono Trigger it's a square square enix mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. at the time they were squaresoft rpg it's in the vein of final fantasy it's got multiple endings it's one of my favorite games of all time i used to play it at least once a year i've gotten so oversaturated with all of the other media 
that I'm trying to consume either for the things I'm working on or just for leisure that I haven't replayed it in years because I just don't have the time because I want to play all this other stuff. And I think a part of it is probably from us being adults and now having jobs and having other responsibilities other than homework and playing video games. But like, I definitely get the sense of as an adult in this era, there's just so much access to so much stuff that it's you it's so easy to get overwhelmed because mm -hmm. you feel like you have to take in the new stuff over the old stuff yeah and i mean like it's interesting because like the other day i uh i mean over the summer i was getting really into paper mario for the n64 because i never paper played mario. it and i was like oh i know that this is a game that i should play so i've been trying to beat that and i haven't finished that yet i want to play mother or earthbound um, because I haven't played those yet. I want to watch uh, uh, a couple of other movies from the 90s and 80s that I haven't watched yet. Half of my books in that book pile that I have are books that existed 80 years before I was born. And I just need to <laughs> read those for the sake of understanding philosophy and uh, I, my ideological uh, standing in the world. So, like, it's, it's hard when there's stuff that has existed way before you and you haven't even realized it up until you're in your 20s. So you realize, you feel like you've wasted so much extra time that you could have five or ten years ago. But you can't read, like, a book. You can't read The Stranger when you're 12. So it's like, <laughs> what? There's <laughs> just so much stuff. And my brain just is frying thinking about all the stuff that I need to consume. <laughs> well, let's try to calm ourselves down by uh, going back in time. So, Aaron, you there? Are you still playing Witcher 3? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I was going to... On the discussion a while back, I was going to comment, you know, it's like um, sort of fitting to the season, watching the same Christmas movie every Christmas. Like, yeah, my family, we always watch watched... Elf, and I've seen Elf like 20 times, <laughs> but I, I still watch the... Elf uh, like I'm... during Christmas. It's like... I don't. I could hypothetically if, go find a new Christmas movie. Like I could watch. It's a Wonderful Life is my yeah. favorite Christmas movie. I watch it every year. I could watch Die Hard, which is a me. Me Christmas hate movie. watching Love Actually is my tradition. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hate that movie, but it always plays on cable. <laughs> Love um, actually is. Wait, yeah, was I was going to ask you, Aaron, because uh, you mentioned it in the pre-show. You were you were talking about how this kind of happened with a specific genre, and I guess. I mean, was it the 1930s where the Westerns kind of went this way? Yeah, exactly. Um, what happened was, like, so many Westerns were created. Like, now, there's a bit of a market for Westerns, but they aren't they aren't widely made anymore, you know? just And part of that is due, I guess, I want to say actually the 1920s. It might have been earlier than the 1930s. Let me look it up. Mm -hmm. uh, Saturation. We did a lot of research for this episode, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah, um, there yeah. was a point I just brought up, like when we were talking before the podcast. So, um, uh, yeah, it's like movie musicals too. So you had like Hello Dolly was like one of the last few ones where like you had Singing in the Rain earlier on, and um, I'm trying to anything with Gene Kelly, um, stuff like that was like a big thing, and then it just kind of disappeared. I mean, Hollywood's not a stranger to overproducing something and making yeah. too much of a thing until people are burned out on it. Which is really weird because back then you had multiple Hollywood companies all kind of making different things. Where now you have like three or four. Where yeah. back then you probably had like ten making all the same shit. Now you have four making all the same shit. Or to an extent. And it's... I don't know. I feel like, what the fuck? Yeah. All right. I found a quote, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter and the documentarian David Gregory, 
It has been estimated that up to 40% of all films made in made before 1960 were westerns. So what, the fuck? Um, what happened was <laughs> there were so many westerns up until 1960 that like the entire industry got tired of them. Jesus. I did wonder that... if people did like a statistic of like 1990 until now how many superhero movies have been made and what's the percentage on that? It's probably not that ratio if I had yeah. to guess, but it's yeah. definitely not 40%. I yeah. think honestly we should also know about like today's era versus the 1960s say is there's so many more uh, places you can get content as well. Like you don't have to watch the movies. You could go, you could watch YouTube videos or you could um, watch mm-hmm. Netflix or something. I mean, you can um, just watch those same vines over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching, I'm watching YouTube videos for some of my favorite content creators uh, from like two years ago. Because yeah. it has the same, like, they still talk about the same concepts, but, like, just different specific things um, that they can't talk about now because they already covered it. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of people that I've been watching, um, like, that I, and sometimes I'll even go back to, like, old H Bomber Guy videos because I just want to watch uh, why Fallout 3 sucks uh, again. Uh, so, stuff like that. <laughs> just, like, what? why? I think, well, specifically with the MCU, what's really interesting versus, you know, specific genres like movie musicals and cowboy movies is, like, the MCU, at least now in this phase, has branched out into different genres from sci-fi to espionage to straight-up comedies, and that's given some variety, but I think there's something about it still being connected universe and everyone in the public eye knowing that, that lumps it together even though the genres are different because there's still this connective tissue between the movies that has an insistence on needing to have seen all of them Mm -hmm. you know Uh, it's this idea of like we we got so little star wars back in the day and then some more in the 90s and then some more animated stuff after that but we didn't ever felt like there was an overabundance of star wars stuff whereas now since since the new trilogy has started there, be, there were going to be two movies a year. Now it looks like there's only a movie a year, but there's new TV series and new comics and new games. And like, I don't know that I wanted Star Wars to become a cinematic universe like Marvel did. It is, but I don't know that I wanted it to because I was happy with what little bits I got because it made it more precious. The more you churn out of this stuff, the I think the less value there is in it. And I, I yeah. think the uh, the thing that people have been kind of missing is Star Wars as an event. So back yeah. in the day, it would be one movie every three years. And yeah. now Solo came out. And honestly, who's still talking about Solo? I mean, did anyone, did everyone, know. like, uh, gather to the theaters to watch Solo? Um, yeah. Was especially the same movie. month as Infinity War. But um, That was a really bad movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think it's we're at a point now where you're right. The movies aren't the same events that they used to be. Like Infinity War was because everything yeah. that we had seen since Iron Man was leading to everyone that. is but here. Like think think about Disney movies. Like Disney movies used to be an event, and they still sort of are, especially for kids. But like for me as an adult, they were an event also. And now even still, I feel like there's just so many of them. Like I I I loved the first Wreck It Ralph, so I was excited to see the new one this year, and it was such a disappointment compared to the first one. And then, you know, I didn't see 
you know, I didn't see Beauty and the Beast, the live action one, when it first came out in theaters because I just didn't have the time. And like now they're doing a live action Dumbo and a live yeah. action Lion King and a live action Aladdin and like retreading what they've done before, along with still consistently releasing new animated features. And some of them are still really good. Like I loved Moana. You know, I thought Frozen was pretty Still haven't good. seen Moana, and I need to see that. I still haven't seen Coco. I need to see that. Oh, I haven't seen amazing. Coco yet. Yeah. I know. Yeah. People keep telling me this. <laughs> I've and seen I, Coco like three times. It is. But you know what? Seen... Do you know what I want to do? I want to watch Fast and the Furious 6 because <laughs> I will cry and Fast and the Furious 6. But see, this is the point. You know, that they're like movies that uh, f- a decade ago would have been events that everyone would have seen. Like I don't, I don't know anyone who didn't see Phantom Menace the year it came out. Star Wars fan, not Star Wars fan. Like everyone saw that movie, for better or worse, everyone saw it. And I just don't feel like that's the case anymore. Like especially with nerd properties that are the closest to my heart, not everybody sees everything anymore. Like even my spouse won't come to every Marvel movie. She comes to most of them with me, but like she skipped Spider-Man Homecoming, which truthfully you don't have to have seen to understand his role in Infinity War. If you have a basic working knowledge of who Spider-Man is like, it's just, we're at a point where sometimes you've got to tap out on some of this media because there's so much of it. And also the big problem is that there are too many platforms to watch these now. So yeah. uh, in addition to all those live action Disney movies, none of which I've seen, not because I didn't want to, but because I just didn't feel a need to. But right. there is a Lady and the Tramp uh, live action movie that is coming out. However, it is not going to be in theaters. It's going to be on Disney streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Um, with, yeah, T- Tessa Thompson is Lady and Justin Thoreau is the Tramp. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, uh, that's oh, weird. Isn't also, it? for the viewers out there, I just want to make this, uh, listeners out there, yes. I just want to make this very just clear. The reason why uh, Disney is doing this is to hold on to the rights of these uh, films and these characters yeah. because they would never make mediocre films of grade A animated films uh, ever again if it wasn't for money reasons or for rights reasons. Well, so, I, but yeah. it's, it's funny. Chris brings up a really good point because that's another different oversaturation, which is streaming services. Like I, I and my partner pay for Hulu, Amazon Prime, and Netflix. Um, I don't pay for the YouTube premium. Um, like Disney Plus is coming out and I don't want to pay for it. But when all of my Marvel and Star Wars stuff gets sucked off of Netflix, I'm going to have to pay for it. Right. And so like that's another like I can't watch any CBS TV shows anymore because they won't let you stream them online unless you pay for their service. Same with a lot of the CW shows, which I was watching The Flash Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow until that started to happen. The CW verse. Yeah, it, it, there's just so many now proprietary apps because these different companies realized, oh, well, if Netflix can do that and we have all of these shows, we shouldn't let them just go to Netflix. We should start our own service to have them. And, you know, all of them eventually come to Netflix anyway, you know, once the seasons are over. But, like, you used to be able to watch a lot of live TV week to week for some of these networks on Hulu, and now you can't anymore because they want a piece of that pie. And it's just another thing to take your money. And, like, I am personally completely oversaturated with streaming services as well because yep. I don't feel the need to pay for all of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I thought it was fun. It was, I thought it was interesting when you when you mentioned Star Trek Discovery because yes, you were right in theory. People can just watch the show, but who is going to watch the show? Because who has CBS All Access? Uh, right. I am very frustrated that Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone reboot is exclusively on CBS All Access. Same. I am frustrated that uh, the Patrick Stewart uh, Picard series is going to be on CBS All Access. 
Yeah. And uh, I, man, Wait. I, I'm so yep. Mad. I'm so yes, mad about the Twilight Zone real thing. thing I'm happening. Just, I'm um, so no, I'm just so mad about the Twilight Zone thing. It just took me a second <laughs> to be pissed off about it. God, yeah, I weird. went to New York Comic Con and I went to the DC Universe panel, and they gave everyone there a, a year, like a, a year of the subscription service. So I'm like, oh, thank God, Doom Patrol. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. that's another thing. Like, I I would actually be interested in watching the the DC streaming service if the quality of their animated movies still held up, but those have been tapering. Like, and again, mm. it's just like, there's nothing guaranteeing that Marvel won't become its own streaming service at some point, or star Wars won't have their own streaming service. I mean, think about all the star Wars media that's available now between the movies, the animated shows, their plans on like the Mandalorian live action show yeah. that's now coming out. Like there is no reason why there's nothing stopping them. Company. Yeah. And that terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's same with gaming. Like, I pay for PlayStation Plus and Nintendo Online, but if I had an Xbox One, which I don't, but if I did and I played it regularly, I'd be paying for that too. You know, and you get free games with those services and stuff, but it's still, it's a lot to pay for monthly or yearly that you may or may not get the value of. I need to watch, I have Twitch users that I want to watch and I subscribe to. Yeah, Um, It's just, ah, so much shit. (laughs) And, And to kind of like bring it, bring it back to superheroes and film and just in general um have you guys seen i have not seen split but i want to see glass and i have not seen in full unbreakable and this feels like a mini little cinematic universe thing but you don't have to watch glass then like if you like i feel like you know we're going off topic obviously but like i feel like the only reason i'm watching glass is because i have a reverence for unbreakable and i happen to have seen split which i do not have reference for but Right, uh, but like, do you feel like you have to watch Glass and therefore have to watch Unbreakable and Split? Part of me feels like it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, huh. if you're really interested based on the trailer, which like the trailer looked cool to me, you know, like I had no interest in Split when I first saw the trailers for it because I'm not a big horror movie guy either. But like, and I'd seen Unbreakable, and I was once I realized, oh, it's a shared universe, and then it came up that they're making this third movie, and I saw the trailer for it. I was like, oh, that does look interesting, but do I have to see the other thing? Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think that's why I've tried to avoid a lot of trailers lately. Like, you can't at the theater, but, like, you know, I'm less frequently hunting down trailers online as they come out because I don't know what to do with the hype information. Yeah. Um, You know, a great example of this, actually, is the new Men in Black movie, which looks fantastic. Yeah, So so much by energy. So much by energy. I agree. And it looks like a really fun movie, which, you know, I like good, fun sci-fi comedies, which there aren't enough of anymore. But that said, does everyone else have to have seen those other movies? I've seen all the Men in Black movies, so I'm excluded from that. But you have to wonder, how are they going to structure this new movie, considering it's coming out so long after the third one? Mm. Do they feel a need to connect it to that, or is it going to stand alone? Yeah, uh, Men in Black's an interesting case because like that that is something where I have seen the movies, but again, using the word reverence, I have none for that series. So right. it's it's not the same thing as Star Wars where, or Marvel where there is a deep lore where there is like there will be subtle references and you know maybe there was like that one picture of Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith in the trailer for International, but it's not like 
you know, this is the same thing with Ghostbusters, you know. Everyone pretends that Ghostbusters was like this sacred thing that could not be touched, but it, they were just <laughs> all like... The ghost, all the, they all were the just two, Ghostbuster fans. Just two movies with SNL dudes, uh, just, you know, um, letting Dan Aykroyd have his ghost fun because he was obsessed with the ghosts. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I... I don't. I, I don't think anyone is um, necessarily saying that you have to be a true MIB fan to watch the new one. Sure. And I feel like the only people who are claiming that they do are just mad that Tessa Thompson's one of the Men in Black. But that's just that's right. a whole other thing. Uh, well, that I have also, to I think part of it though, if we want to talk about remake saturation, oh, uh, Hellboy, Ooh, yeah, uh, well, the live action Cowboy Bebop, and I have to watch all the original. No, Cowboy you don't, Bebop. Anthony. <laughs> because then my mind will be ruined by the live action one. See, then well, don't so watch live action one either. Well, so that's an interesting thing. A lot of nerds these days feel like the new version erases the old version, which, of course, realistically, it does not. But somewhere in the pantheon, we feel like it does. But even look at Spider-Man. We've had, since the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, we've had so many Spider-Men. Spider-Man 2 too many Spider-Mans? Yes. It's like, it's just, and so, like, I'll be honest. When I for, first saw the trailer for Spider-Verse, I was like... Okay, an animated yep. Spider-Man movie, whatever. Yep, like, and same. I really loved Miles Morales's run in the in the Ultimate Spider-Man, but I just was so burned out. But then, as I saw more trailers and I read more about it, I was like, "Oh, this might actually be good." But there could be a ton of people who would have who might have checked out on that movie because they'd bur- been burned so many times before. I mean, that didn't happen because it's been a huge success, but it could have happened. And like, I am always curious, what's the the saturation point for watching the same character over and over again, even in the same things. I mean, think about the X-Men movies and the burnout on Wolverine because he was in the X-Men movies. <laughs> he had his own movies, you know, it, it just, I feel like nothing sacred anymore. And now that Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman's not Wolverine anymore, they're going to cast somebody else because Wolverine nothing sacred forever. anymore. Everything right. is everything's burning to the ground. <laughs> it's the end of Western civilization. What character yeah. is this? Well, no, I'm playing like an internet asshole who's just like, <laughs> nothing is sacred. They are destroying everything. Yeah, They're yeah, destroying yeah. our childhoods. I'm playing around. But, to yeah. a certain extent, like I don't think you can really get burned out a, uh, on a character very easily. For example, I've played like a hundred hours of The Witcher, and I'm still not part of <laughs> Carol. Or like, well, um, say like Harry Carol's Potter. So, there are people so, who uh, read the Harry Potter series like 20 times and they're still not bored mm-hmm. and it's just the same content over and over and over again I guess I guess that's true I guess it's when it's new content with the same character how how much new con- like we're talking Curse about video child. games Cursed like, Child uh, yes maybe you can <laughs> yes. make that argument oh god uh, no but that was just a bad a piece of bad content that was that is thing. true but do you think that people also would have been burned out if it was like average Eh, I think, okay, given how successful the Cursed Child is, even in its current state, I would say people do not get burnt out on um, at least Harry Potter very easily. Yeah, I, I mean, th- I think at the end of the day, um, diehard fans will stick with the series, even if they're unhappy with it. Um, but there, everyone has their limit. Like, for me, the best example I have is the Assassin's Creed series. Once yep. um, uh, Activision started pushing them to put them out every single year, um, I Ubisoft got burned out. Oh yes, right, exactly. Same thing um, with Call of Duty. 
um, Ubisoft. <laughs> but yeah, like same with Call of Duty, uh, which I wasn't a fan of. But like once you have a game coming out every year, and if I don't like the game I'm playing currently, and there's another one coming out in six months, I'm probably not going to buy that one. And like it's at a point now where like Odyssey is getting such great reviews, and I want to play it. But I haven't touched the series since Assassin's Creed 3. So am I even going to know what's going on? And it's like, how how do you keep up with that stuff? It's a little bit why I think, taking it back to the MCU and the Netflix series, why I haven't watched any of those seasons. is because I got three episodes into Defenders. Thought it was okay, but just stopped watching. And now all these other shows, well, I can't watch them until I finish Defenders because they take place after Defenders. And, you know... I, there's this level of spoiler guilt, I guess. Like, I'm going to ruin those other experiences by watching out of order, which is ludicrous, let's be honest. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I hate spoilers, but you can still enjoy something even if it's been yeah. spoiled. Mm-hmm. But we put so much pressure and value on spoiling and watching things in a certain order that it, it then becomes daunting to go back, I think which mm-hmm. is part of why this oversaturation, to me anyway, feels so overwhelming. I've had so many people message me personally and be like, hey, what do I have to know before I see this? Like, I am, I've become right. that, I have become, like, again, the doctor prescribing things to people, and uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, and it's a fascinating role I have. And I mean, breaking it down to its finest elements, none of this matters. Like we don't need to, we don't need to consume any of this content. This is the nihilistic part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, this is my nihilist. This is the nihilistic uh, part of the episode. This is nihilistic uh, uh, nitpicking with Tony. Uh, <laughs> none. We don't have to consume all these games. We don't have to read all these books. We don't have to watch all these movies. But you know, what's the point of living if you don't enjoy yourself? So, well, yeah, yeah I think the pressure comes from the communities that we we walk in like for me also like so let's take it completely outside of this but also something we can all relate to podcasts mm-hmm. um i tried listening to uh my brother my brother and me which i and, love by the way and the adventure zone and i couldn't do it just because there's so much so then i switched to watching to only listening to the current episodes of my brother my brother and me just because i knew the boys i knew their banter i knew that the episodes aren't connected and it's a slice of life stuff and i still couldn't keep up and i eventually had to unsubscribe because i just felt overwhelmed staring at my podcast list and seeing all these episodes that i was never getting to and the the funniest thing about all that is exactly what you said tony it doesn't matter. Nobody was quizzing me on it. It doesn't matter. But I felt my own pressure as a podcaster and a content creator and consumer that if that list gets longer and longer and I never get to it, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. I have such an interesting relationship with podcasts because I – to me, they're the easy, they're, they're theoretically the easiest ones to digest because you can just play them in the background while you're, you know, you're doing work, you're washing the dishes, you're on your commute. Um and yet I still have this massive backlog. So, like, I have actually... I think the only full episodes I've listened to of the Bim Bam is when I am riding in a car with Tony and he's playing it in the car. <laughs> um, I have yep. never listened to the Adventure Zone. Um, I want to I, listen to the Adventure Zone. I don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I, I, you know, I mainly listen to Giant Bomb and Waypoint. 
and i listen to those yeah yeah, and even so like i might occasionally pepper in like a polygon show or kotaku split screen every once in a while i am subscribed to so many podcasts but the app that i use uh pocket casts by the way um i i set it so it only notifies me when certain episodes are out and it never auto downloads that way i will have that i will have the option of like putting more into my queue but of course i never do um so I might I might be scrolling through like new releases and there's like you know New York Times the Daily, uh so and you know Friends at the Table so and so but I I just listen to Giant Bomb and Waypoint at this point. Um, podcast is just such a weird thing and um you know I feel like most of my friends are into like the Bim Bam uh yeah. Adventure Zone you know the, the Taz fandom. Yeah, and you know, I feel left out of some conversations sometimes, but I never feel like, oh man, I ha- I gotta catch up if I want to be friends with these people. Uh, but that's just my personal that, experience. That was a big thing for me when I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. I had to make sure that I played League and I was up to date on my oh League my stuff, or Heroes of the Storm, or I understood how Dark Souls worked, or I watched yeah. some sort of anime to actually keep up to date. Watch Game of Thrones, read Game of Thrones, because I needed to keep up to date with my friends because I felt like that was a very important thing for me. But also I was, you know, that had to do with more of a personal issue, not more of a content issue. Um, And I think that there's like multiple situations overlapping each other now, like with each with all of us. Um, Yeah, I think I've had a come to Jesus moment this this year with spoilers because i can't consume everything like i had undertale spoiled for me on purpose i watched (laughs) theory videos by matt pat he does a show called game theory because Mm -hmm. it just seems so interesting that i wanted to know more and i didn't know if i'd ever play it and i'll tell you having now played undertale on my switch for the first time it's still just as good it's still just as engaging i didn't feel like i lost something from the experience and i think at the end of the day i got to a point where I know I can't consume all this stuff, so I have to start taking shortcuts, seeing spoilers, watching theory videos, yep. watching explanations, because I just, I'm never going to get to it all. And like, yep. I think I've hit a point where I need to engage in more Cliff Notes stuff because, you know, Cliff Notes style. Is that a reference the kids still get Cliff Notes? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Spark Notes, I, mean, maybe, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Spark, Aaron, do you Spark remember Cliff Notes? Cliff Notes? Oh. Yeah, Cliff Notes. Uh... Is the are those the notes. book form of Spark Notes? Yes. Yeah. Okay, no, I never right. used those. So, I had a Cliff so, Notes of Othello. But I was going to mention, uh, as far as enjoying content, even though you've been spoiled on it, there's in fact uh, studies by the University of California that spoilers make you enjoy the content more. Really? Like, yeah. Uh, huh. I, I know I'd heard of this before, and I just Googled it to check you know, what I'd heard. And um, this article came up that's from... The University of California, where a uh, uh, professor uh, claims that spoilers, I guess, like enhance uh, your viewing of something. And I know I've heard so some similar uh, ideas with music, like uh, you enjoy music more if you know the beat or um, like know the huh. musical motifs. You're Is that why That's Anthony rewatches having... Cloud Atlas all the time? <laughs> that, well, well, I do love. Well, that was one of the reasons why I loved the movie because I was listening to the theme in it, and I already heard the theme from the trailer. And combined with other emotional feelings and the movie itself, I enjoyed it more. Yeah, I think that um, 
being familiar with something that you're engaging with, it's why I think there's a success rate to trailers, right? This idea that you're being made to be familiar with parts of this thing that you're then going to see in full. Um, it's why demos exist for games, although not as much as they used to. You can download, you know, the first stage of a certain video game, so you can get a taste of it, and then oh, I it'll make you want to play it more. Uh... Yeah, like, and I, I think that I personally think there's no harm in that, but just the same, I think it's still a dick move if someone doesn't want to be spoiled and you do it anyway. But I think yeah. there could we could all learn from engaging in spoilers a little bit because it may ease the pressure of needing to see all this stuff. I can tell you, I have re. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the way it's edited and maybe the song from the Killers. But I have rewatched the Vice trailer like over and over again this week. Um, it's it's this weirdly oddly like. Wait, which song from the Killers do they use? Ah, uh, jeez, the man, uh, the man yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, the man. It's pretty good. Um, oh, oh yeah. Okay. I actually do not like that song. I actually hate that song. I, mean, I actually hate that whole album. The thing about the Killers <laughs> is they always they change like their tune with each album. So that is true. Yeah. You just have to get used to it, and then you might like it more. <laughs> do you guys have any any album backlogs? Uh, uh, so uh, for, uh, for me, I used to for four years. I hosted with two co-hosts a weekly album review podcast where me and two co-hosts would review a new album and break it down track by track every week. And so that actually kept me on top of music a lot more than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. Now that I don't have that podcast, which is currently on hiatus indefinitely, which is a nice way of saying it's been canceled for the moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I don't listen to as much new music as I used to. Like, if it's a band I really like, I'll go hunt it down. But I feel like I'm not checking the new releases as much. But in a similar way to Erin was talking about with her books earlier um, and her movies and other things, I don't feel necessarily pressure about the backlog because I'm not going out of my way to learn about it either. Like, it just it exists. And I'm sure if I find if I went on Spotify's new releases today, I'd probably find 10 albums I wanted to listen to. But... I don't I don't feel a pressure to go back through all of them. Yeah, and I mean kind of like with with music for me, um uh it's much easier to listen to something while I'm doing like listening to music while I'm doing something right. rather than listening to a podcast because I can't like for well, many other people can listen to a podcast or listen to an audiobook while they're doing other work. I can't do that. I have to be more focused on the podcast than doing the other thing. Um, where with music, I can do it with anything. Um, and usually there will be a beat that will click and I'll enjoy it. Um, but yeah, there's it's there was something else that I kind of wanted to, to touch on. The idea that there is music out there that I have never heard of by bands that I will never ever listen to. That will probably be my favorite band and will have my favorite song. And I will never hear it. How do you find it? And yeah. you just it, have it's, to just, accept. it's more of the hypothetical. It's more of the existential right. question. Is... There is a book out there that I will never read that will be amazing. There's a movie that I will never see that is amazing and I will love. There is a, a, a song that I will never hear. Um, and it's understanding that there is all this content out there and the inability to hear it, to see it, or to read it is is just a, a concept that exists. It, it's, it's not more to – it's not – like I'm not saying to break it down in any way or to dissect that just to 
come to grips with that knowledge is kind of interesting and kind of anxiety inducing and anxiety in the big way, not like in the mental way, like uh, existentialism anxiety way. Mm-hmm. Um, so just yeah. a, a thing to bring out there that's, that I was just thinking of. Yeah, that's sort of like um, the oversaturation, I guess, of like just the way uh, technology has allowed us to produce content. Like there's yeah. going to there's gigabytes and gigabytes of um, new, I guess, new entertainment that's produced in every second. And you'll just never be able to get to it all, even if you were like immortal. We're part of the problem. <laughs> We're making it. We're making content right now. Oh God, stop this! <laughs> oh God, we're. But if we're making the content, then who is consuming the content that we create? Ah! Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I think it's actually a really good I, a concept to think about, and probably where a lot of the pressure comes from is that we have limited hours in the day, days in the year, years in our life, blah blah blah, and that. It is impossible to have seen, done, and heard everything. We're just at a point now where so many people make so many things that you can't possibly consume it all. Because I think also there was a point in time where there were consumers and people who, and then people who made the content. Whereas now a lot of the consumers also make content, which wasn't the case back in the day. Like, of course, actors and film and stuff in the old days, probably watched movies as well. But the numbers were so different because the access point was so much higher. The separation was more distinct where today we all four of us are consumers and creators. Right. And like you can spend a hundred dollars and get a starting kit to make a podcast. And like, it won't be the best quality of audio ever, but it won't be bad. You know, most of our iPhones can record decent quality audio to put out on the world. And so, like... Twitch exists. Like, <laughs> right. And so I feel like the, the access point is so low now that that's added to the oversaturation because we all are now both creating and consuming. And, and both of those affect each other, too. Swing till Vine's back. It's going to mess everything up now. Oh God! <laughs> well, there's TikTok for the younger I've been, generation. I don't, I've never heard of that before. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, last, la- what the Zoomers are reading and looking at. Uh, one more, one more big picture yeah, uh, topic I want us to tackle before we wrap up. Um, so I believe Steven Spielberg was quoted one time saying that superhero movies will go in the way of the western. And uh, for the purpose of the conversation, we'll include uh, superhero television shows in there, but. Uh, do y'all agree? I mean, where do you, how do you approach that uh, take? How do you, because, you know, is there a certain truth to it? Or is that just, oh, this is just a jaded filmmaker who is tired of seeing superhero movies? Well, yeah, I think, well, something we have to look at is that Steven Spielberg is not making superhero movies. <laughs> so for him to say something <laughs> like that, I assume there's a bit of hope to it. Although you could argue that, you know, Star Wars and the Indiana Jones movies and E.T. are all their own super heroic films. But um, I think that I think that the saturation of superhero movies will definitely go the way of the Western. But I don't think they're ever going to disappear because, I mean, when you think about it, we've been making superhero movies for a long time. From the Christopher Reeves Superman movies to the George Reeves TV show. Like, it's not like they just suddenly existed now. There's just more of them now. And I think eventually we're going to hit a point where there's too many and it'll get scaled back. 
but I don't think they're ever going to just disappear. Um, that said, if that's what Steven Spielberg means, if he thinks that the, that we'll just have less, like we have less Westerns now, because we still have Westerns now, they're just not as constant. Uh, I, 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 I would say that kind of happens with any popular trend, so it's not that uh, unthinkable. But also, we've never had cinematic universes to the scale like we do now. This is a first. I think what you really need to make the bubble burst is having really bad ones. Like, you need your cutthroat islands, which basically killed the whole pirate subgenre until Pirates of the Caribbean came along for, like, I think, like, literally a decade or two. Do we have any other pirate content since Pirates of the Caribbean other than the Black Flag TV show? Uh... That's if a you great count question. video games, you know. We yeah. had the Black Flag, the Assassin's Creed game, then you had Sea of Thieves, and then you have that other one coming out, uh, yeah. Skull and something. Yeah, and I mean, at, the, at all those times, also, there were Pirates of the Caribbean games coming out, the Lego mm. game, they had their own regular game, they were in Kingdom Hearts. They're in Kingdom Hearts again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fake Johnny Depp. Uh, virtual Johnny Depp. Uh, he at least can't be as evil as the yep. real Johnny Depp, so you know. They are rebooting yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean without Johnny Depp is the latest news stories I Good. read. Yeah, I mean, I, wa- I very recently, just because I guess I had nothing better to do, watched um, Dead Man Tell No Tales, huh. which was the last one they made. Was and it good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched that movie in theaters, and I don't remember anything from it except for like maybe one scene with the Elizabeth and like um, so other like, guy. They're, they're so, ripoffs. That's all I remember. Well, so like the, the at the end of the movie, there's a payoff where Elizabeth and Will Turner get reunited, which was nice as someone who liked the original movies. But like, I think Jack Sparrow's character didn't age very well. Like, a lot of his antics I don't find funny anymore, whereas when I was younger, I probably found them very funny. But I think also part of the problem with that movie series is that the first movie wasn't a hit because of Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow was just talked about the most. The lead was still Orlando Bloom. But after that, they were like, oh, everyone loves Jack Sparrow. Let's make him the main character. And they just built on that until they couldn't anymore. Pirates of the Caribbean? That was a mistake. (laughs) But but that said, I think that I'm inclined to agree that um, with Spielberg's thought that eventually we'll hit a point where this will all scale back. I just don't know what that point will be because they're releasing, like you said, Chris, they're releasing three movies a year now, which you would think is insane. And yet people are still eating it up. Oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready, I'm ready to chat. Uh, Aaron, then Anthony, uh, your thoughts on Spielberg and his. Uh, oh, thoughts. well, for someone who just made, like, uh, Ready Player One, which, in my <laughs> opinion, is, like, a cliche, sort of, not very interesting uh, examination that movie of 70s culture. Especially, I, I loved Nancy Drew when I was, like, a little, okay. little kid. And they shat on Nancy Drew in that movie, and I was just like, okay. Really? So, uh, I don't really think his opinion is necessarily, uh, I mean, you know, he's a great movie director and all, but I don't think, you know, he knows everything in the world. Like, I think a lot of people, so. Anthony, do you concur? (laughs) Uh, I agree with what Aaron said, um, but I also think it's kind of like, I don't know, I think we're we're not watching that many westerns now like you can argue that Clint Eastwood's 
new movies or like modern westerns and i put those in quotes like the mule could be considered a western um but i don't i don't i think we'll still be watching superhero movies in the same way that because i feel like a western has a full-on aesthetic to it whereas superhero movies is a twist on the hero's journey and that's why it's called a hero's journey it's just the character is not a it has uh, extraordinary powers does that make sense yeah. so i feel like on a on like a ground level discussion of his of like what he said i don't think so but on like a meta meta level um i don't know it's just weird uh, it's a weird statement <laughs> it's it's like what the it's like what inaratu said about transformers and Comparing Transformers to superhero movies, which is weird. I mean, I, I think he literally oh, called yeah. superhero movies like a cancer or something like that. Something absurd yeah. like yeah. that. Well, because again, a lot of these filmmakers outside of the genre, finger quotes, is that they think it's just that. They think it's a genre, the superhero mm-hmm. movie, when the reality is 90% of the superhero movies are other genres. They just happen to have superheroes. Yes! That was the that is the thesis of the class. <laughs> there you go. You have you have succeeded. You get an honorary A from Thanks. the Marvel Film Studies Stuco, <laughs> Carnegie Mellon University. Yeah. When do I get to meet Steve, uh, uh, Kevin Feige? I've got some questions. Uh, as soon yeah. as we were able to meet him. So uh, just yes, fair enough. Wait. Uh, I want to say I think in the Christmas episode. I think we. I don't know if it was before or during recording, but I think. A couple of us are like gunning for like actual Marvel related jobs, but uh, good luck to them. Um, yeah. Uh, last thing I want to ask y'all is, um, I, I opened the show by talking about New Year's resolution, so I'm wondering uh, if we can go the order of Anthony, Aaron, Matt. Uh, how are you planning to tackle the MCU content of 2019? Oh, just MCU content. Yeah, let's just um, yeah, let's just let's. Narrow our focus. If you want to talk about all the games, feel free to do so. I hope all the games in 2019 suck, so I can play all the games (laughs) in 2018 that I didn't have a chance to play. Um, But with the MCU, I feel like it's just going to be like for me. Movies are very easy to to view. It it takes like a couple hours out of my day. I on like a Friday or a Saturday. So and we already have a planned event to go see Endgame. So I'm not really worried about Endgame or Captain Marvel. And I'll probably find time to go see Far From Home. I don't know what other TV shows are coming out. I may or may not see Runaways. Probably in the may not area. Um, just because I have I have to finish season one and I'm behind on other content If I've ar- as I've already discussed. Um, I don't know if there's... What else is coming out? Uh, Cloak and Dagger season two. Uh, Shield season six. Uh, I'll, I'll probably... I have to catch up on five and four and five. Uh, P- Punisher the and the Jessica Jones will second. have what I would guess their last seasons. Yeah, and you have not seen Punisher season one or Jessica Jones season two. No, but also I don't have an you interest miss, in seeing Punisher. Punisher. Season I have no interest in, but like I know I haven't seen the Punisher season one, but I also have no interest in seeing that because of the what goes on in it. I don't like to see that. I think like I don't know the military is dumb. Yeah. Well, you don't believe in the good guy with the gun. I did not believe the good guy was gone. No, I did not. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Aaron. 
All right. Uh, as far as MCU content goes, I'm in the same boat with movies. I'm sure I'm going to go see them all. Uh, I could definitely see it as harder to go see if you're, like, older and you have a job and uh, or you're busy with something. Kids. Um, yeah, kids. Uh, but it won't be a problem for me because <laughs> I have none of those. Um, <laughs> as far as the TV content goes, I'll, uh, I'll just see whatever, like, catches my fancy. Um, I'm probably not going to watch Daredevil Season 3. I know it was highly recommended, but... It's just not on my list of things to do at the moment. Mm. Uh, I will probably watch Runaway Season 2, though. Uh, I like the first season well enough, and, you know, uh, it's good to sort of put on, uh, I guess, and watch in the background to a certain extent. And then um, all the other content. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm... I don't know. Uh, Yeah, just whatever catches my how are you gonna fit this all in with your schoolwork and not to mention your duty seat in the marvel stuco i mean seeing a marvel movie like that's high priority and then come school <laughs> and then like somewhere like seventh or eighth comes marvel, marvel movie school everything else yeah wow. exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is dedication how, how are you that as someone who obviously has graduated a long time ago and no longer teaches this class how are you guys covering the television shows in this class Oh, okay, so um, the first semester, I was a Stuco teacher. We covered Hulu shows slash everything else in one day, <laughs> and we covered Netflix shows in one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this most recent semester, we covered all TV shows in one day, and we just picked out a couple highlights. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil. Uh, I think we cho- chose a bad show. I want to say we chose Iron Fist, but we could have chosen pick between. Uh, Iron Fist or Inhumans, and so we were just like, okay, this side of the universe exists. And then, in my upcoming renovation of the Stuco, uh, I'm not really sure how we're going to handle TV shows. <laughs> I definitely think, well, at the very least, mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because uh, I think that has the strongest connection to the MCU as a whole, and I hope we get the time when they come out to mention the Disney Plus TV shows, especially if they have, like, a cohesive connection to the universe as a whole. Um, so Do you feel that's... like you'll be able to come at those lectures with like a sense of expertise on them, or is it just kind of like, yeah, I read this on Wikipedia because I couldn't actually uh, watch this? I would say, the as far as the everyone's on the same page for the Marvel movies, but the TV shows it comes in like sections. Like for example, I've seen most of Agent Carter, so I'm the Agent Carter expert. Mm. Versus uh, like Izzy, who's Maybe has seen Daredevil season three, uh, which I haven't seen, or uh, Runaways, which I also haven't seen. So it's just sort of, it's split up. Yeah. Uh, and if you know about a show, you'll talk about yeah. it. I can tell you from that first semester, which Anthony was a student in, and uh, Thomas Rasmussen, who was also a student, in, but not in this episode right now, uh, that I did a TV episode, uh, excuse me, a TV class, a single class, and that, that's the one that everyone skips the most because. They had not watched the TV shows, so they didn't feel they needed to go. They just used their three unexcused absences there. Uh, Matt, Matt Storm, a.k.a. Storm again. Uh, how are you going to tackle this MCU content, given all of your commitments, your roles, your podcasts, your duties, <laughs> and whatnot? Well, so uh, I think I'm on the same page with everybody as far as the movies go. Uh, I'm really excited about Captain Marvel. I've been waiting for that movie for a while, and Endgame is Endgame. Like, that's the event. So, like, I'll see that. And I liked Spider-Man Homecoming, so I'm sure I'll see Far From Home as well. Um, 
uh, as far as TV shows go, the only one that is a must and will not miss is Agents of mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. I still watch Great that show. with my spouse. Uh, we've seen every episode. Um, it's had its ups and downs, but as a whole, we still really love it. Um, the Netflix stuff, like now that a lot of it's gotten canceled, the pressure is gone. Because um, I had some semblance of pressure of like, oh, I have to see this season before the next season. But now that a ton of them have been canceled, and I know that the rest are obviously going to be on the chopping block after their next seasons, I the, a lot of that pressure has waned. I would still really love to at least watch the newest season of Jessica Jones because the, the first season of Je- Jessica Jones is probably my favorite Netflix series, period. Um, it was just, I was just loved it so much, um, even though it was so hard to watch at times. Um, but, you know, like Punisher, I'm not that interested in because pu- season two of Daredevil was the Punisher season one. Like that was all about the Punisher pretty much. Uh, so I lost a lot of interest in, in that character, even though I'm sure the show is good. Um, but I've just, I'm feeling the burnout of the Netflix series. Um, you know, everyone keeps telling me Runaways is worth watching. And like I said, every time I look up and catch some of it, it does seem interesting. And I love the comics. Like, I love that series. So I'll eventually get to it, I think. Um, I think of all of the Marvel content everywhere forever that is coming out and has come out, um, the one I'm most curious about is probably Cloak and Dagger. I've heard a lot of really good things about it. I think if I'm going to single out any of the series that I've not seen in 2019 by 2019 that cloak and dagger is probably the one that i'm gonna watch um you know and as far as marvel and video games you know i played spider-man for ps4 this year i loved it i thought it was phenomenal so if there's a sequel in the works except I'll play for the that. spider cop except for the spider cop oh i love Sp- i'm sorry i love spider oh. cop <laughs> i have a soft spot for spider cop when peter parker slash spider-man is incredibly awkward he is at his most authentic because that is that is peter parker spider but cops <laughs> well that's another episode but uh yeah that's but, uh, but yeah i think i think that um i'm gonna try and ease up on the pressure to see all this stuff because i have felt it quite a bit um that said like you know like my big watch this past year last year in 2018 was the Cast- castlevania season two because i loved season one and like that i watched as soon as it came out it was the only show that i did that with every other show as new stuff came out i got to it whenever i got to it so i think at this point it's are the episodes shorter are the plots concise will it make me laugh will i be entertained like i think a lot of that is more important now finally than is it about a character i like like if they announced tomorrow that they were going to do a wolverine tv series and wolverine is one of my favorite marvel characters I don't know that I'd watch it because I don't think the character is enough anymore. I think in 2019, I need I need the content to be concise and interesting and engaging. And if it's not, I think I'm going to let the pressure fall off because otherwise there's just too much of it. Is the Castlevania show good? It's incredible. If you like, if you have a basic working knowledge of the story of Castlevania and you like vampires and vampire and gothic stuff, like it is Ooh. by far one of the best animated series I've watched in a long time. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's high praise. Yeah. Like you mentioned Cowboy Bebop before. Like I feel like it's of a quality of anime like those kinds of one series anime shows, even though it's got oh, multiple wow. seasons. Like, like uh, e- Neon Genesis? Yeah, I mean, like, the the drama is not as heavy, but I think that, I just, I think that the storytelling is really good. You know, there are thir- 27 to 25 minute episodes. They're really digestible. 
Um, and I, being a big fan of Castlevania and the stories, really got into it. But I think if you're just interested in some gothic horror with some funny moments, it's a really good series to dive into. Um, so obviously I am required to watch all the MCU stuff. Um, if you want to know all, if you want to like understand my commitment to the MCU, I watched Inhumans on IMAX theaters. I was one of five people in that movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was not good. Um, but I... I don't know. I ha- I have a my superpower is catching up with the MCU somehow. So um, I think the only one I fell behind on was Agent Carter season two, which I eventually binge watched when it all came out on Hulu. Um, but man, I I have kind of been on it. Um, I think my goal for twenty nineteen <laughs> then is to make my uh, written backlogs actually make sense because let me de- let me describe. I already described the video game one to you. It, it's a checklist via by platform. My movie backlog is by if I've seen it or not, and it's divide. I have different <laughs> lists for each year, so I have a 2018 list, I have a 2019 list, um, and my TV show backlog is based by category. So it's like caught up on, currently binge watching, finished, upcoming, catch up with, complete to watch Jeez. recommendation it's like this yeah. is, it makes no sense like these are all different formats and i just have to make this make sense somehow uh so. breaking news during the podcast um i just saw this on twitter but it did come out eight hours ago but i just saw this on twitter uh the new movie by jordan peele us of us us which is had a great trailer it was amazing i'm very excited for it it's apparently in the same universe as Get Out, and Jordan Peele is making a universe of all of them. Oh huh. my gosh, it's a new cinematic think, universe. Think, of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be more like uh, a la Quentin Tarantino's universe, where the, where right. like, they're kind of like in the same existence, but they're not interacting with each other as much. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. yeah they yeah, should make a. That's... They should Jay and Silent Bob that up, and like just have reoccurring characters who <laughs> appear in each unrelated movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, any last minute comments before we wrap up? Because we are actually going under an hour and a half, whereas we had the two hour problem the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, well, I think wasn't our goal hour an hour and a half? half. Yeah. Thank no. goodness. So we have five yeah. minutes to get this shit done. <laughs> yeah. No last minute comments. Uh, I'm happy with um, what we talked about. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I'm, uh, I read Dead to Play. Also, is HDR a good thing to keep on or off? Uh, the color I, should I, look I, nice. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You keep it on? Yeah. Let's yeah. Do it. Yeah, do it. Uh, Alrighty then. Um, so, let's do some social media plugs. Uh, Anthony, where can people find you on social media? You could find me at the pizza taco on twitter uh aaron we cannot find you on social media correct yeah i think i'm gonna make a twitter at some point right. yeah. i'll update you next yeah. time on the don't podcast do it. <laughs> don't give in stay off social media no I i'm have off a facebook, facebook already. i've been off you know? facebook for i made two i made an instagram oh. my senior year of high school i got a facebook my freshman year of college so i'm a sophomore now why not get a twitter it, it's 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 a sad requirement that you need Twitter to like engage with the the followings and the fandoms and whatnot. But um, if you are a per, if you have a lot of friends, it's Facebook. But if you are a content creator, you need a Twitter. 
Aaron, I will support you whatever decision you make. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah. thank you. You can find me at Compenderizer. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on social media, and what projects would you like to plug? Take all the time you want. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it could be a while. Yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of my friends like to make jokes that the only way they can hang out with me now is to be on one of my many podcasts. So <laughs> that gives you an idea. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, DJ underscore Stormageddon. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormageddon NYC. Um, I have a Tumblr, but I think it's just DJ Stormageddon with no underscore. But that one is mostly just a repost of all of my other stuff. Um, I have four different podcasts that can all be found on every podcast platform imaginable. One of them is called Crash Chords Autographs. This is the series I mentioned earlier. Um, episode 103 is actually the FlameCon episode that Chris is featured on <laughs> yeah. asking that question he mentioned earlier. Um, Crash Chords Autographs is my personal pet project. It's a bi-weekly interview series. I interview uh, musicians, magicians, burlesque performers, comedians, photographers, pretty much anyone who wants to talk who's involved in the arts. Um, and uh, also, when I get to go to events or be on panels like I was at FlameCon, I release that there as well. Uh, the next show is called Screen Snark. I host it with Rachel Quirky Shank. Um, it is a bi-weekly movie podcast where we bring a guest on and talk about the most recent movie we've all seen and then talk about the guest. Our most recent episode was with Chuck Collins, who is a creator of a comic called The Bounce, or is creator of a comic called Bounce, which is about a bouncer in New York and is slice of life kind of fun webcomic that's worth checking out. Um, the next two shows are both video game related shows. One is Fun and Games Podcast with Matt and Jeff. That is with my co-host Jeff Moonen, and it is a games as art podcast. We talk about the different genres of gaming, the different genres of, you know, uh, production houses, what, you know, tropes in gaming, certain types of games that come out, um, you know, cliches in the gaming industry. We did a really great episode actually on social awareness of language and gaming and how mm. certain words are used without thought as slurs in the gaming community. Uh, it's one of the episodes I'm most proud of. And then finally, my last show is called Reignite. It is a podcast I host with MJ Bradley, Lestrange, and the two of us talk about the. We're going to do the entire Mass Effect series. We're just wrapping up on the first Mass Effect game. Um, we're playing chunks of the game and then discussing our choices that we make because we're making choices as our shepherds based on our personal feelings and choices, and then discussing how that makes us feel. Um, how that might affect our actual life and our actual social um, interactions. Um, and that one gets really in-depth. That one's been a, a lot of fun to do. Um, I also have a Discord um, that you can find on the Fun and Games um, Facebook page. It's a public Discord that features a bunch of my podcasts. You can come hang out, chat about the episodes. Um, so yeah, that's all the stuff I work on. And then also, if you happen to be in the New York area, I'm a producer for the Burlesque Troupe Magical Girl Burlesque. We do a lot of nerdy and hyper-focused themed burlesque shows. We just did a show in December all about, all to the music of the Decemberists with a live band. Um, so no was, way! So it was a burlesque show where all Are you fun. fucking kidding me? <laughs> I am not. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, Why yeah. have I... I am in Pittsburgh. Oh, God damn it, this sucks. <laughs> um... Uh, and so, yeah, if you're into nerdy burlesque or just burlesque in general, um, or the you can check us out. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, thank you for having me on the show. This has been a blast. Um, again, the easiest way to contact me if you have questions, want to know about more of the stuff I do is to find me on Twitter, DJ underscore Stormageddon. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we were so happy to have you yeah. on. Uh, it sounds like t- oh, Tony is also happy to listen about all your projects Hell yeah. Hell uh yeah uh and if you need any of us on any of your many projects uh you know how to hit us up now um i appreciate that yeah so yeah if, if you want anthony to just rant on for two straight hours and interrupt everyone then uh please i could do that i could <laughs> I, I can watch a bunch of videos on lunar narrative dissonance and gaming and then we could talk about all right it. all right so uh <laughs> all right so last uh final plugs um uh, you can subscribe to AP Marvel. Uh, we have been on iTunes and recently Anchor, but we are now on Google Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, if you want to smash that subscribe button, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, we uh, have a Patreon out now, so we um, we have some Patreon-exclusive rewards, uh, mainly kind of premium, quote-unquote, podcasts. So we have a... We have an older podcast where we talk about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom from back in the summer. Uh, we have the pilot episode of Tony's Film Corner, where our very own Anthony Payone uh, yes. talks about Once Upon a Deadpool. Uh, we'll yes, see how yes, that goes. So we'll, uh, yeah, uh, we'll keep that going. Uh, we have a Medium page. We have um, a couple of older essays. We're going to try to uh, get some guest contributors. And, the, of course, the Patreon is for the purpose of paying those guest contributors. Um, but meanwhile, you can just look at our back catalog of podcast episodes there. You can see uh, some of the essays that Izzy, have I, and that Izzy and I have written there. Uh, we have our own Discord server, just like Matt with Stormageddon. Um, we talk about Marvel stuff. It's public again, and, uh, feel free to join us and just talk about, uh, if Thanos is either a psychopath or sociopath, which seems to be the current discourse right now. (laughs) Um, and other than that, um, thank you to Charles Villanueva for his amazing graphic design. Thanks to Steve Maltor for his awesome Jazz Avengers track, and we're hoping to get some more... Uh, music tracks for some of the um, off-topic podcasts and maybe ad breaks, question mark if we're going to do that. Uh, but yeah, that's I I am actually writing all these down, like all of the lists of, like the list of stuff I have to plug now because I keep forgetting one thing every single episode. So there you go. That's the whole thing. Uh, that was episode 31 of AP Marvel. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Matt Storm, so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. Last. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Peace.